Hi, welcome to Atrium Talks. Hi, Bhagwan. Hi, Deepa. We're going to talk about religion today, huh, Bhagwan? Yes, we are. So, in the previous uh, episode, we did talk about how there are norms, beliefs, and you know heuristics that connect collectives of people, and religion is clearly one very important cultural artifact. Yeah. Right. So, what are we going to talk about with respect to religion? So, I'm not very religious. So, I read this great book by Houston Smith called The World's Religions okay. because I wanted to understand what the central tenets of each of these religions were that tell us something about businesses, organizations, and society. Excellent. So let's begin. Which, what's the religion we're starting with? Let's start with Christianity. Okay. I think the central tenet of Christianity is really forgiveness and redemption. Okay. That you can make mistakes. And you redeem yourself. And along you the redeem way. yourself. And I think that idea is related to the idea of taking risks and entrepreneurship. Failing. You can fail and still that's not the end of the world. You will be forgiven. So the bankruptcy code, for example, is exactly that, that you know, you're an entrepreneur, you fail, you can go bankrupt and then you can start again. So uh, the ability to tolerate risk and failure is something that comes forth from here. That's right. Okay. And if you look at Islam, very related idea there is who you are, where you come from doesn't matter. You could be a poor person, you could be a rich person, you may not have status, but everybody can come and meet God. And, and my view is that everyone can come be a part of society without any past baggage. So that's meritocracy. That's In some meritocracy. ways, not questioning where you're from, but allowing all doors to open for you. That's right. Allowing chosen doors to open for you. That's right. Uh, there's one other religion coming from the Abrahamic tra traditions, Judaism, which has some of these tenets, but it's a little bit different in the sense that there's a little bit more focus on community. Sure. Being able to be part of the group to share your sorrows, share your risks. For example, even when there is a funeral, you're not allowed to mourn alone. There have to be nine other people. Sure. Uh, that's part of the, the, the religion. And I think that's emphasizing the idea that other people, the group, the society is important. So in organizations, bringing people aboard your idea, you know, in, in, in some yeah. sense, giving back to the organization or society in a meaningful way and being purpose-led, right? So those are things that come forth right, from right, these religions. Right. Well. And one of the Indian religions that has that very prominently is Sikhism. Mm -hmm. Very similar idea. Community is very important. Being able to share your good fortunes with others is very important. Sure. I was in Amritsar the, a couple of months ago and there's this langar where, you know, you make food and everybody makes food. I made chapatis and, you know, everybody eats from the same langar and shares this food. So I think the idea of community and giving back to the community is very important in Sikhism as well. Okay. Corporate social responsibilities. Perhaps, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Sikhism leads us to explore some of the others, which is Jainism and Buddhism. Right. So I think Jainism fits right into our ideas of sustainability. Hmm. Because Jainism focuses right. on do not use resources that are not 
necessary for yeah. your survival. Don't pick the flowers or don't not pick the fruits. Eat what the tree gives you. Exactly. Leave the planet better than what you mm. found. So don't kill, don't destroy the environment. I think sustainability yeah, has become very important these days and I think Jainism fits right in there. Okay. Buddhism. Buddhism is a bit different from these religions. I think the central tenet of Buddhism is emptiness. Hmm. And emptiness really refers to the idea that there is no fixed self. Hmm. The reality you see is mediated by many things hmm. which can come from your own. So don't believe necessarily what you see. It's not fixed. It can change. Hmm. So the idea of change is very important. So there's no absolute truth and the truth is uh, forever changing. And impermanence. Correct. Very big idea there. Correct. So in some sense, we've talked about it in previous episodes. Don't you take see, yourself don't take too seriously. seriously. Uh, so it goes well into this idea of emptiness and the fact that what we see are really models. It may not be reality. Correct. And we shaped by our own experiences and biases and beliefs. And uh, therefore, there's no real, there's no absolute truth. Like there's no say. absolute truth. Sure. Okay. And we must talk about Hinduism. We must talk about Hinduism. What do you think? Well, I'm also not very religious, Bhagwan, but uh, I think for me, Hinduism holds appeal as a religion that allows, there's, there's no one path. There's no one text. It's eclectic and diverse nature holds a lot of appeal to me. Uh, yeah. the, the fact that, you know, it's not very norm driven. You can be an Astika and an Astika in Hinduism, right? You can believe in the Vedas, uh, accept that you're, accept the concept of Brahman. And it, it's more about, you know, the Astika versus Nastika dichotomy is not defined by orthodoxy or belief, by, by orthopraxy or action. Yeah. So, you know, you can be a non-practicing Hindu uh, and you can even be committed to a school of thought that, you know, involves wealth creation. So this level of diversity in terms of, you know, objectives that you can pursue, actions that you can imbibe and beliefs that you can stand for, I think, uh, you know, holds appeal. It's not monotheistic. I like that. Therefore, you know, your objectives are deeply individual in Hinduism, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's, it's an individual path, which stands in contrast, Bhagwan, to the other religions, other religions that you just articulated. So, yes, there is one element of uh, diversity, right? That, you know, there are diverse paths to salvation, so to speak. And the second is that journey to salvation is also an individualistic journey. So let me relate it to finance. Okay. Because in finance, we have a similar insight coming from portfolio optimization, which is an individual maximization. But even when I do my individual optimization of risk and return, ultimately I lead to what's called the market portfolio, hmm. which is what the capital asset pricing model does. And I think Hinduism is saying the same thing, that you can start with an individual path, but ultimately you will reach this hole called the Brahman, hmm. which is what my market portfolio is. So I think there are a lot of similarities between the finance optimization and Hinduism. That's an interesting take, Bhagwan. So what would you say in closing? I would say all religions are basically telling us these two things, that individual attainment is important, but at the same time, 
so is the community, which is related to what we talked about when we were talking about Hendrick's ideas, that you know, it's the collective intelligence that is important, even though the path we are on might be an individual path. Right, to sound you know, cliched in the end, their paths are different, but their essence is the same. Thank you, Bhagwan. Thank you, Deepa.